Welcome to the Stonelaw Church Podcast. I'm Neil Watson. And whether you are a regular worshipper with us, or whether you just listen to this podcast, I pray that the, the words of the message would be a real blessing to you, and that it would bring you closer to God as you experience more of the love of Jesus in your life. We come to the, the sermon and we come to the letter of James and the, the letter of James has a very special place in my heart and the reason for that is that about 15 years ago, around about this time, heading into the summer, it was the, the first time that I'd ever been asked by my minister to, to prepare a sermon and to to, to, to deliver a sermon at the evening service. And I was so, so nervous. And I said, what, what should I preach on? And he said, well, I want you to preach from James's letter. And we're going to be looking about faith and works. And I started to get petrified because I knew that that was going to be a, 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 a sticky topic. And what was I going to do? And so as I say, 15 years ago was when I preached that first sermon ever. And it, so it holds a special place in my heart, and I've always loved it since. Faith and works. But we're going to be starting as we come here, as, given that that was the first sermon that I had ever been asked to do and to, to prepare and to deliver, and this is my first sermon as your minister. I felt that we would spend some time looking at the letter of James. So we're going to be doing this over a number of weeks uh, I'm calling the sermon series Faith That Works rather than Faith and Works. And we're going to look at how faith can work in our life. So as we come to the opening of our passage and the opening of James's letter, he opens it up in a way that is not too dissimilar to letters of that time, where you, you introduce yourself, you give your credentials, and then you say who it is that you are sending it to. We might remember through Paul's letters, as Paul opens up most of his letters with Paul, an apostle of Christ to the Gentiles, sent by the Lord Jesus with the good news. But James opens up slightly different. And one of the reasons why I actually really love James he says, I am a servant of God, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. James doesn't open up his letter by saying, I am James, the brother of our Lord Jesus. He doesn't feel the need to, to lord it over people. He recognizes that he too is a servant of our Lord Jesus. He's humble enough to omit that part from the opening to his letter. And then he says to the 12 tribes of the dispersion. As Paul was sent to the Gentiles, James is dealing with the 12 tribes, the Jewish followers of Jesus. He says, I am a fellow servant. I am just like you. And this is how faith works. 
He doesn't pull any punches when he writes his letters. There'll be many things in this letter that might be a challenge to you as, as you read it and as we wrestle with it. He shoots from the hip and he starts off with something that, that we all go through at times in our lives. He speaks of tests and trials. You see, tests and trials are inevitable in life. And James does something that's not inevitable. He says that we should consider them to be nothing but joy. Depending on what translation you read, he actually says you should consider them pure joy. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm going through a period of, of test or, or trial, joy is not the thing that immediately comes to me whether it's pure or nothing but. It might be a number of other words and emotions that come to mind. Certainly not joy. And the thing is, tests and trials come in all different shapes and sizes. We're all different and we all have different lives. And our tests and our trials may well be very different too. It might be something to do with a physical trial or a physical test. It might be more emotional, something that's happening on the inside. It might be someone's words, maybe not being as kind as they should be. It might be that our health or the health of someone that we love is not what it's supposed to be. And it might feel at times that we are being attacked from all angles that we can't seem to get any rest from it. It just feels that we're constantly under this test and trial. And it opens up that question of, should we really consider these things to be anything but joy? What is joyful about going through tests and trials? James doesn't just leave it there, though. Because James says that it's an opportunity for the believer to grow when they're going through tests and trials, that it produces endurance and that it produces strength and that that is the thing that is joyful. That's the joyful thing. See, here in verse 4 where he says, and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. I remember, as, as, as I normally do when, when I'm preparing for sermons, I tend to what I consider to be um, good procrastination, you know, if there ever is such a thing. But I tend to go down what is referred to as the rabbit hole, where I'm learning things and start to, oh, that's really, really interesting. And the things are really, really interesting, but they may not necessarily always tie in with what I'm wanting to share as part of the sermon, but it's interesting nonetheless. And I came across this plant from South Asia, and it's called the Chinese bamboo tree. Now, what makes this fascinating, at least to me, is that when you plant the seed, you need to water it and fertilize it every single day for five years before it will even sprout 
out of the ground. But within five weeks of that sprouting, it grows to up to 90 feet tall. Five weeks. So the question is, does it take five weeks for the tree to grow 90 feet? Or does it actually take five years for that tree to grow 90 feet? I can almost imagine the, the planter of this, this bamboo tree waiting every single day. When is it going to sprout? When is it going to sprout? But there would have, probably would have been periods of doubt that this is never going to happen. Why isn't it sprouting? And they may well want to give up when they see nothing happening. There might even be others sticking their tuppence worth in. What are you wasting your time for? Nothing's happening. Move on. But the thing is, by persevering and being committed to growing this plant, you will see the results eventually, and the results are magnificent. A magnificent and strong tree, 90 foot tall. And James says, in those periods of doubt, where you do not necessarily see things happening, in verse 5, he says, if any of you are lacking wisdom, ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly. We can seek God's wisdom. And you may remember way back when I preached at the nominee service, when I spoke about God's wisdom, a wisdom that surpasses all human understanding, that we would have listening hearts, that when we go through those periods of, of doubt, that we can't see things happening, that we allow God to speak into our lives, to remind us that something is happening. But James also says that when we ask, we can't do it with doubt. He says, but ask in faith, never doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea. When we have that godly wisdom, then we can stand strong. We won't be like a wave driven and tossed around by the wind that our faith will stand firm and strong for we have an anchor in Jesus. See, those, in those times of test and trial, when we feel like we're being numbed into our situation, where we might be feeling that attack from, from both sides and above and, and below, and we can't seem to get any rest from it by placing our faith and seeking that godly wisdom, not doubting. We won't allow our faith to be battered or lost. But how do we allow our faith to not be shaken? How do we allow our faith to go to work? You see, just like that bamboo tree, our faith needs to be watered and fed and tended to daily. It needs to be fed daily. And I like to see that as a, an analogy for reading God's Word. That when we spend time daily reading God's Word, we're feeding our faith and our soul. 
And it doesn't have to be full chapters or, or an entire letter. It can be done in smaller chunks, unless you feel inclined to do so. But you can start with, with little chunks and work your way up. There's wonderful resources that allow us to read just a few verses and build our way up. But as we do that and we read of the promises of God that have been fulfilled in Jesus, those that will be fulfilled in Jesus, it strengthens our faith. And we get to know that God whose wisdom we are seeking, that wisdom that James tells us to go and seek for, then we understand more about God and the things that he wishes us to do. Because faith that is fed daily will help it to grow strong. And equally, we need to, to water our faith daily. And I see that very much in prayer. That if we spend time daily speaking with our Father in heaven, seeking God's voice, God's assurance and protection, guidance in his wisdom. Because the thing is, if, how often do we see our Lord Jesus taking himself off to spend time speaking with his Father in heaven? We read about it in the Gospels all of the time. Every day Jesus would take himself off just to have that private time. And again, it doesn't have to be a, a long period of time. It's just spending that time daily connected with your Father in heaven. And the more that we pray, the more we see God working. We see answered prayer in our lives and equally in the lives of other people. That also strengthens our faith because we see that we have a God who is alive and a God who is listening to us, cares for us, loves us, and loves us speaking to him. So faith that is watered daily will help it to grow strong. The thing is, there may well be times when we feel that nothing is happening, that it's not working. You can imagine just like that planter of the bamboo tree we're not seeing anything. We might start to waver. We might not see any difference in our life or, or the lives of other people. But others might see it. We might not see the changes, but they might. And believe me, when you are committed to feeding and watering your faith daily, tests and trials become easier and you find ways of navigating your way through them. And that's not to diminish tests or trials, because they're hard. They are hard. And I said easier, not easy. But they become easier when you realize that you do not walk through your life alone, that you walk with Jesus, and he's there, to, to hold that weight when you're struggling. And that through your faith in Jesus, God is working through it all, helping you to grow. As James says, it produces this endurance 
which allows you to continue on in times that are a real struggle. I love that that verse from from Romans chapter 8 that reminds us that all things work together for the good of those who love God. That God is working in our situations. Might not necessarily see it all the time, but through our faith we recognize that God is working. James moves on in verse 9 and he uses this almost stereotypical way of being in the Bible where we have two groups of people. Paul likes to do it too. Jesus did it. And here comes James. He has the the humble, the, the, the lowly, poor, and the rich and powerful, these two groups of people. And the rich people that James is referring to are not all people who find themselves fortunate enough to be affluent. It's the rich people who may use their wealth to lord it over others. And James is warning these people that woe to to you rich people that are doing that because you run the risk of looking to become more self-reliant that you don't want to be reliant on God. You start to distance yourself from God. And while those people who become self-reliant and may well be affluent might be able to dig themselves out of certain situations, they sometimes do it at any cost. And we read of it all of the time in the media where people can run roughshod over others. It's not God's plan. We are all his children and he cares for every single one of us. And we should be looking to care for one another. As James is saying it, with great wealth, you may well be able to dig yourself out of certain things. But you run that risk of allowing your faith to be a non-entity in your life. That you distance yourself from God. And you might even ask yourself the question, do I even really need God? But James says that the, the humble or the lowly realize that they need God in their life. Always. And they trust in his guidance and his help. And that's what God is asking of us all, that we would trust him. Trust him even more in the times that we we can't see any changes happening. Because it's over a period of time. Whatever you are going through at the moment, and I don't know where you are, You may well be in a good place, and I really hope that you are. But you may well be carrying around something from a period of of test or trial. God knows you and your situation. And he's asking that you might put your trust in him. That it will be worked out for good because you love him. So humble yourself, be lowly, like the the characters that that James speaks of. Rely on God. You do not have to live through it all on your own. If you seek his will and his guidance, his wisdom that James is urging his readers of the letter to do. 
Because when we seek that, that wisdom, we receive it graciously because God loves us. But more than that, let's read verse 12. Blessed is anyone who endures temptation. Such a one has stood the test and will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. The crown of life that the Lord has promised. Jesus promises us that he came into our world to give us life and life to the full. And that life to the full is a life that is full of joy and love and peace. Not tests and trials forever. But just like the planter of that bamboo tree, it all requires perseverance. Just like the bamboo tree, that daily watering and feeding is needed in order that the tree will grow to its full potential. It's the same with our faith. There will be times of doubt because you might not see quick results or anything at all significant happening. But others might. And God certainly sees significant things happening in your life when you're growing closer and closer to Him. And when the time is right, that bamboo tree that's this magnificent tree that stands 90 foot tall, the reason it took five years is to make sure that the roots are strong enough to hold up that 90 foot tree. And faith is no different. It takes a, a period of time of being developed. That's why James uses that language of endurance, perseverance. It takes time. The roots of our faith need to be strong enough to reach to their full potential. And I can't tell you that if you, if you read your Bible every day or you pray every day for five years that, that, that everything will be, will be rosy and everything will be perfect. That you'll be in this kind of protective bubble that no tests or trials will come your way. Because contrary to popular belief, Christians and followers of Jesus are not immune to the struggles of this world. But what I can tell you is that if you do commit to spending time daily reading God's Word and speaking with God in prayer, when the times of tests and trials come, they can be used to strengthen you and that endurance is built up because your faith will be put to work. It'll become easier to continue on. Not easy, but easier. There's a quote, and the quote is, the harder the test, the sweeter the victory. And I really believe that that ties in with James's reference to the crown of life and persevering through tests and trials. See, while there are differences between the believer who is lowly and humble and the believer who is rich, There is also a great equalizer. For you see, one day, each and every one of us will take our last breath 
here on earth. Humble, poor, rich, lowly, we all stand under the judgment of God. But the sweet victory is that through our Lord Jesus, each of us is presented with the opportunity to receive that crown of eternal life. An eternal life with the God who knows us and loves us. As I say, I don't know where you are this morning, whether you are in a good place or in a place of real test and trial. But if you take anything away from this morning, let it be this. Take this opportunity to renew your commitment to God by committing to spend time in His Word daily and time in prayer daily. Allow the Holy Spirit to inspire and grow the faith that dwells within you. And when you find yourself in times of test and trial, will you hand it over to God? Allow your Father in heaven to hold you in his hands and guide you through it. And allow your newly strengthened faith to work. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you that you went before us. And we thank you that we do not walk through life alone. We thank you that through our faith in you, we are offered that crown of life. And I pray for, for everyone here, here in the sanctuary, those at home, those watching later. I hold them up to you, Father. Whether they are going through a, a good time or whether it is a time of real test and trial, that they would understand that you are with them and that there is an opportunity for their faith to grow stronger each and every day. Help us to strengthen our faith that when we encounter times of test and trial that our faith would go to work and that you would help us navigate our way through. All this we ask in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.